listening to Cannabis Health Radio. Here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Just a quick reminder, you can help out Cannabis Health Radio by going to our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and making a financial contribution to Corey and I so we can continue doing these podcasts. That's CannabisHealthRadio.com. Go to the donate page and make a contribution, either a one-time donation or a monthly contribution. And for those who have done so, so far, we say thank you. Our guest today had a tumor in her bowel, but after the initial shock of being diagnosed with bowel cancer, she took charge of her health, did the necessary research, changed her eating habits, and began taking cannabis oil. And joining us to tell her story from the United Kingdom is Michaela Harrison. Michaela, thank you very much for doing this. No problem. In the notes that you sent us, you first felt you had a problem when you had pain in your right hip. Take us through that story. Um, basically I was getting a pain that I felt was in the actual bone, not in the muscle. Um, so they sent me for some x-rays and it turned out I had a a little bit of scoliosis on the bottom of my spine that I was never aware of as a, as a child. I didn't, I didn't know about it, but it was the first of a few symptoms that started to happen that kind of led me into realizing that there was something very wrong. The next symptom really was probably um, cold sores because I, I don't suffer from them. And I was getting them every couple of weeks continually and feeling quite run down, um, starting to feel depressed. I, I don't suffer from depression. Um, so I was trying to do all sorts of things like meditation, going to yoga, upping my exercise levels. But all of these symptoms, in retrospect now, I realized that they were an indication that there was the start of the cancer. And the cold sores, I thought, when you sent us some information on this, that was very interesting because I'm wondering what the connection is to your cancer and cold sores. I don't know whether it was just that my immune system was so busy tackling the cancer that the rest of my body was um, being neglected slightly. But it was really unusual. Um, I kept going back to the doctor, kept going to the chemist, and they just they just were not, they weren't shifting. Uh, but that coupled with kind of feeling like my head was in the clouds a bit uh, was obviously a side effect of maybe the cancer possibly starting to spread. Then you went on a vacation to the United States, and, yep. and you said you actually started to feel better. With upping my exercise levels, yeah. I did. I didn't have any major problems while I was there. I felt really good. I don't know whether that was just because I was excited for being on a a walking holiday. I'm not sure. Yeah, I felt great while I was there. And how did you feel coming back? Um, I was probably still on a little bit of a high from the holiday. uh, But I think that's when I slowly started to start to feel down, which I I don't... um, associate myself with being a depressive person um so i couldn't quite understand why i was feeling the way i was feeling and you went to the doctor and tell us about Uh, the diagnosis well the initial diagnosis was after quite a big show of blood in the toilet 
Mm-hmm. Um, and the doctor said that I had hemorrhoids. Uh, oh, this was a telephone consultation. And I've had a baby and I've had hemorrhoids from having a baby. So I knew for a fact that I didn't have hemorrhoids. So I insisted that a female doctor had a look for me. She confirmed that there was no hemorrhoids there. Um, and then with my history of my family history, unfortunately, my dad died from bowel cancer, well, from secondary cancers after having bowel cancer at 50. Um, I managed to persuade her to get me checked out, even though in the UK, the doctors have been given lists now of um, symptoms. And if you don't fit at least two of the symptoms on their list, they will refuse to check you because of the cost involved in doing a colonoscopy. Uh, So she more or less said to me, you're too young, you've only got one symptom, uh, we won't be checking you. So because I'm quite a pushy person, I insisted and told her the history of my dad and she backed down and said, okay. But I think if I hadn't have been such a strong person, I really don't think I might even know now. I think I might still be sitting here ignorant to it. Now, what was your mental state from the time you were granted the approval to have the colonoscopy to the time you had the colonoscopy? Were you fearful that maybe you might have exactly what your father had? Yeah, yeah. That was the first thing that went through my mind. I I knew something was wrong with me because not just because of the blood, but because of everything, because of the way I felt, the way my head was kind of, I was in a bit of a bubble. I I was going to work and and working, but not efficiently and certainly not to the level I would normally work. Yeah, because you're a young lady. You know your body better, better than anyone else. You know when things aren't functioning right we all do when we when yeah. we know our bodies we know when something just isn't right and I, I suspect you had that feeling definitely i i even more now i trust my body and myself more than ever before because i i knew i was right i knew what was wrong with me uh, i just needed the confirmation tell us about the colonoscopy and and the results of it um very uncomfortable colonoscopy. <laughs> uh, they found two polyps, one very small one at the top end of my large bowel, mm-hmm. which they've still not done anything about. Uh, and then the larger one was at the sigmoid junction, just at the top of my back passage, really, just going into the large bowel. Um, and they took the large one away because that was what was causing the bleed. It took them a few days. And then I received a phone call from the hospital asking me to go in. I got a phone call on the Friday afternoon, and I was told to go in on the Monday morning first thing. So at that point, I just knew. I, I just I just knew it was cancer. That must have been a hell, yeah. of, a hell of a weekend for you. Yeah. Um, I didn't do the sensible thing. I did actually decide to drink some wine and try to just block everything out. Mm-hmm. Um the day of the diagnosis or the day that the um, doctor at the hospital told me, I went home and I just cried for two days, basically. <laughs> I got that out of my system. And that's then the third day I decided, nope, not having this. I'm going to do something. And that's when I decided to get up and go to my local chemist, who's actually quite a famous herbalist in the UK, and got started immediately on a regime of supplements. 
what sort of supplements were you put on? Um, he is actually very knowledgeable. He even does his own radio station over here in the UK. Uh, and he spent an hour with me and went through all the different things that would support my system. I was already on Q10 because I was feeling run down. I was on selenium, magnesium, iron, zinc, uh, multivitamin. Uh, I started um, a high-strength curcumin supplement. Um, I'm trying to think what else I was on. I was on quite a, quite a few from him, but then I went a, a step further after speaking to somebody uh, online who offered to help me and got some help from a holistic doctor in Australia. Interesting. The stuff that you're on, the CoQ10, is mm-hmm. gives you energy. Yes. If, you, if yeah. you run down, and the zinc and selenium are have been known to be anti-cancer supplements. Yeah. So, how did you feel once you started taking those? Initially, I just knew I was I was trying to do something to help support my system, um, and then when. I started doing a bit more research and got more information as time went on and changed my diet. It took about three months, I'd say, having Herx effects because I was doing coffee enemas as well. And then I started to feel amazing. I absolutely felt really, really good. The cloud that I felt like my head was in, the bubble I felt my head was in, disappeared. My energy levels returned. I changed from the Q10 to Ubiquinol, which is the same stuff, but eight times stronger. Um, And then I added in even more supplements. Um, There's a supplement in the UK called Salvestrol, which is a blend of kind of herbs and fruits and things. Um, Trying to think what else I got. Biopycnogenol, I've been on that as well. (laughs) Can't remember what that one was for. Um, But I, I basically I've tried everything that there is to try i've done oxygen therapy i was going to yoga i went and started a mindfulness course so as much as i possibly could to help to support me but i did after three months i felt fantastic michaela could you just uh, you referred to the herx effect for people who aren't aware of that could you talk to a little about what that's about yeah um after speaking to a very, very nice um, young lady online who's now training to be a guest and therapy nurse, she put me in touch with uh, the holistic doctor and she gave me a protocol just for me, basically, with um, a diet that was very low fat, um, low sugar, no salt. And also with the coffee enemas, um, I started to have um, symptoms of feeling unwell. So I'd have days where I'd be quite nauseous. But then if I had a coffee enema, that would take the nausea away. So that that was obviously helping. Um, My skin initially wasn't brilliant. I think the toxins were leaving my body. Um, And then once I had kind of a breakout of spots, I actually, my skin cleared up really well uh, to the point where I even had thread veins in my cheeks and they disappeared. So it was like an added bonus. Um, my eyes got brighter, clearer. My nails started to grow. So the the Herx effects was just kind of probably every week I'd have some kind of a side effect of either feeling a bit sick or nauseous or um, I still had a few cold sores and things popping up. 
um, mouth ulcers. But I knew because the doctor had told me that I would suffer these side effects initially. I knew that it would pass, and it, and it did. Yeah, so basically it's a detox. Yeah. The, it's your the body deto- detoxing. Yeah. All, all the um, toxins have to escape, so they came out through my skin uh, and through my bottom as well. <laughs> yeah, we often see uh, people on cannabis oil between, uh, just even taking just cannabis oil, in between 10 yeah. days and uh, 5 weeks, somewhere in there. Or particularly a two to four week period, um, will think that they're getting sicker, and yeah, that the, and yeah, that the cancer's did. getting worse or something, and and very often, yeah. more often than not, it's simply a detox. Yeah, well, like I had a lot of backache initially as well, um, quite strong lower back pain, um, and that eventually disappeared as well. I wonder if that was from your kidneys. I don't honestly know. I no. mean. I presumed because they took the polyp away that it aggravated the tumor, which was actually sitting in the bowel lining. Um, and it was very close to the base of my spine because that's kind of where the top end of your rectum is. Okay. So I wasn't quite sure. Now, when did you start taking the cannabis oil? Um, probably, probably March, probably in the April, but I started off. Quite slowly at first, I wasn't really hitting it very hard. I think I was probably on about half a gram a day for a while. And I didn't start doing a gram a day until I had had a colonoscopy in, I think it was the July, August, um, when I seen the actual tumour had pushed itself into the bowel. So it come out of the bowel wall and had gone into the actual bowel. Now, I don't know whether I'm right or not because I'm not a doctor, but I kind of got the impression it was trying to work its way out of my body uh, because I felt amazing. So I didn't expect to see it sitting there when they did the next colonoscopy. I actually thought it was gone. <laughs> so I was a bit shocked when it was still, still well, it was visible because it wasn't visible initially. Yeah, I was just thinking as you were talking, it must have been a bit of a shock knowing how well you felt and then all yeah. of a sudden to see this this. Grow. Yeah, yeah. I was. I. It floored me because uh, I went into the hospital really confident, thinking this is it. I've done it. It's gone. Um, and and it was sitting there, large as life, a tumor. Um, I think it was about two and a half to three centimeters in size, in a very tight space in my bowel. You know, I, I started having to have a think about what I was going to do. And that's when I did 60 grams of the oil, a gram a day at least, orally and anally. How did you react to it? The, the, uh, I the think oil. I coped pretty well, actually. Um, it's quite quite a high level uh, THC in the oil because um, the person who I get it from has a testing kit. And he said it's between 65 to 70%. Um, strength for THC. It's not very high CBD though, so I've been um, supplementing separately with CBD. Yeah. How did you handle um, the high? Um, I got into a routine where the suppositories don't make me high, so I'm lucky in that respect. So that was fine. So I was doing three suppositories a day, and I was taking the oil orally at night. So I would take it about an hour before I went to bed. I'd start to get a feeling of being heavy 
uh, more relaxed and then I'd go to sleep because depending on the type of oil, some of it made me a bit tetchy sometimes, a little bit paranoid. So it was easier just to go to sleep. Uh, and some of the strains, I think, just knock you out. So you feel very, very heavy in your body. But I kind of knew I needed to rest. So I tried not to get upset about it and just took it for what it was. And I've actually ended up enjoying taking it because it makes me slow down and relax. And how was your mental attitude through all this, knowing that this you had this growth within you, which mm-hmm. you didn't expect, and you start yeah. taking the oil? Were you still optimistic that uh, things were on, you were on the right path? 100% believe that this is the right way to handle cancer, is to actually change your diet, change your lifestyle. Because holistically, I felt fantastic, and I still do. I feel really, really good. I think it's just, if it wasn't for the fact that there was a tumour sitting there, I wouldn't have gone and then had a bowel operation. I think my main concern was getting a blockage. Um, I think the meditation helped massively, really, really helped me, the meditation, to not panic, to try and send love to the tumour if you can, and try and just heal yourself through your thoughts and your thought patterns just sending all the good stuff into your body and hopefully the idea of thinking yourself better, you know, really helps to stay positive. I mean, obviously I had my my days where I didn't feel fantastic and I was worried and scared. But I think doing everything that other people were helping to support me with, other people that were doing the same thing, um, it, it just helped massively. Michaela, after you took the 60 grams, did you go back yeah. for another test? I certainly did. I went for another colonoscopy. Um, unfortunately, tumour was still sitting there. It did look a little bit larger, and that's obviously where I decided that I had to do something a little bit more major. And what did you do? I researched as much as I could to try to find a surgeon who was the best could possibly find in the uk i believe he's the best <laughs> um i bet what i did was i emailed um as many holistic gps as i could so gps that had an integrative practice the only i could only find seven in the whole of the uk online so i emailed them all and asked them did they know anybody you know that would be willing to take me on as a, as a patient and would understand how I wanted to handle my cancer. Um, and only one lady doctor came back with a name for me. And that's when I found the surgeon that I've, I'm currently uh, working with at the moment. So have you had the surgery yet? Yes, I had um, a, a bowel resection on the 9th of December last year. Uh, it was fairly successful apart from i have a temporary ileostomy but i it turns out i really actually needed that temporary ileostomy because i had a slight leak after the operation and i think it's they explained it to me before i went in for the operation um saying how difficult it actually was in that particular part of the body because it's like a u-bend underneath a sink (laughs) right um it's very tight area to work within. Um, so luckily he did it laparoscopically, 
So I've got very, very tiny scars around my tummy, which is fantastic because when they heal, you won't see them at all. Um, and he said basically the actual flesh or skin, it needs to knit back together really strongly because of the pressure that obviously you're going to push down in that area mm-hmm. when you need to, you know. Now, having the operation, did it impact uh, your evacuation process at all, for lack of a better term? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Elimination process. Elimination process. Well, the elimination is actually, at the moment, in a temporary stoma. um, I've got an ileostomy bag. Um, So, luckily, I've not had to eliminate anything that way yet. But it will be coming shortly. I'm going to go and have my reversal in April, which I am so looking forward to. I never thought I'd say I'd look forward to an operation, but I am actually looking forward to it. No doubt. Yeah. So it certainly sounds like you're on the road to recovery. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had to change my diet slightly when I came out of the hospital because, obviously, with a temporary stoma, you've got... um, issues with um even that skin healing so i had to go on a a diet that i didn't want to be on um kind of white rice white bread uh lots of stuff with no nutrients in initially and i I got very upset about it because i'd got so used to having my current diet um i felt like it was a backward step however after three four weeks I was able to start taking on the board whole grains, um, fruit and veg as normal, nuts, everything that, you know, they probably would tell me off about, but I don't care. I was just like, no, I'm having this. I'm going back to this. And I feel so much better back on the diet that I'd started earlier on in the year. Why do they put you on such a diet? The, The reasoning they said was to slow down the output of the food from the stoma um so as you could basically have get used to using the bags and the and the products that they give you and i think also if you can have a blockage if you're not careful when you first have an ileostomy or a colostomy if you have uh, lots of fiber it can kind of get stuck in the stoma um and then you will end up in hospital very ill so they warned me that I had to follow their diet initially. Um, but then I started introducing things just to try them, just to see if I could get away with having more high fiber. And I've been really lucky. I've had no problems with that. Um, apart from a bit of skin irritation on my tummy, it's worked really well. So in, in a way, I've got to be thankful that it's actually helped me to, to heal. It's funny listening to you because I can hear that you're a bit of a fighter, aren't you? <laughs> I, I am quite feisty. Yeah. <laughs> right. It really, it really knocked it out of me when I first realised what was going on. But sometimes, you know, you get knocked down, and then you just think to yourself, "No, I'm not having this. This is not what's going to happen to me." And you get up and you do something about it. You know, you're. Probably the third or fourth person we've talked to in the UK who has just taken on their health challenges and said, listen, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to change my diet. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to do other things. 
and mm-hmm. uh, they've healed themselves, and their health has turned around dramatically. So yeah. it just shows that with the cannabis oil, I mean, cannabis oil is not the cure-all. Uh, no, no, I don't believe it is. No, but you have to change your attitude, you have to change your diet, you have to use cannabis oil, but most of all, your healing process is within you. It's not without you. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I agree. It's not something that you find at the chemist or the pharmacy uh, that your doctor is going to prescribe to you. It is, no. It's within you, and people who take charge of their health, take mm-hmm. control of their health, can make massive changes to their health. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And we had talked to a fellow in the UK who lost uh, 28 stone. He weighed 28 stone. Pardon me. And, yeah, okay. And he, he lost 10 stone, 10 which stone. is 140 pounds. Wow. Yeah, yeah. and he's, he did almost the identical thing that you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the, I did lose a lot of weight, actually. Um, and I was starting to look a bit... Uh, Gaunt? Yeah. <laughs> I did, it, didn't, it didn't look good. Uh, but I knew I was doing it for the right reasons, whereas the hospital and doctors were panicking, thinking that it was the cancer. cancer yeah. and, and I kept saying to them, it's not the cancer, it's my diet. I know what I'm doing. But they kept saying, oh, no, you need to put weight on, you need to eat this and you need to eat that. And I'm saying, I'm not going to do it. So don't tell me to do it. Since the operation, I have actually put nearly a stone back on uh, because I had a bit more kind of cheese and yogurt and things because i was i was pretty much strict vegan prior to the operation now i'm a bit more vegetarian but i am cutting my i don't drink milk i don't touch it i've tried to avoid anything from a cow so i'll have goat's cheese so yeah i'm just trying to put the weight back on sensibly and then i'll kind of hover i think between vegan and vegetarian for the rest of my life you can become a vegetarian, which is a vegetarian. <laughs> What's one of those? It's a vegetarian who eats fish. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Michaela, are you, you're you're still taking the cannabis oil every day? Oh yeah, every day, yeah, yeah. Well, you- at night mainly, but I'm I'm just started on CBD in the daytime. Will you stay on it for the rest of your life? Um, I probably will actually because. The other fantastic side effect it's had is it stopped me drinking alcohol. <laughs> uh, I used to drink quite a bit of wine, and I don't feel the need anymore because I was using that for my relaxation. And now, when I decide to go to bed and do a bit of reading or you know watch a bit of TV or whatever, um, I have the oil instead. And within 10, 15 minutes, I feel relaxed. Well, that does it. I'm never taking cannabis oil again. Yeah, I mean, I've I've had the odd glass of wine, obviously, when I go out. But um, I think I drank, I did drink too much prior to my diagnosis. But I think that's a typical trait of a school teacher. I'm a sixth form college teacher, so you know, and everybody does it. They, it's terrible. It, it's an epidemic of people just drinking when they get home just to relax. I had a private conversation with a fellow in the U.S. last week who mm-hmm. started taking cannabis oil, and he says one of the fabulous things that happened for him is that he yeah. quit, quit smoking, and he had no intention of quitting. Oh, yeah. Fantastic, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's really good. It's amazing what it does. Yeah, it is. It's funny because I really never, ever thought I could live without wine. <laughs> but I obviously can because I haven't had a drink in months. No, that's good. That's great. Yeah. Michaela, is there anything you'd like to say in conclusion to people who may have the similar bowel problems that uh, you experienced? To be honest with you, I think I was really lucky to catch it when I did um, because even though the hospital, they're still insisting that I have some kind of chemotherapy just in case, um, I, I feel so well. I was just like, why would I want to poison my body to heal my body? That's not happening. Um, so I think if anybody has any doubt in their mind that there's something wrong with them, I think they should just really, really push and insist they get checked out and then make a decision from there as to what you're going to do about it and just take positive action. Um, because every time I brought up anything to do with diet when I was in the hospital, um, I got shunned and told that it has no impact whatsoever and it won't do anything, which I know is an absolute load of rubbish because of how I feel. Um, the cannabis oil, you certainly cannot talk about. They shut down on you immediately. I did. I told one surgeon about it and he totally dismissed it and became quite cold and icy with me. So I decided to change from him to another surgeon and i went through three <laughs> so the third time was the lucky one no that's great advice it's you know, it's yeah. similar stories that we hear all the time about uh, those people in the medical community who just don't want to hear about it who dismiss diet as something oh. that is, is not going to help you which is absolutely <laughs> stupid because yeah. you it provides yeah. you your body and your cells with the nutrition you need to survive yeah even young, even a young GP um, started lecturing me and spouting about how there was absolutely nothing I could do other than their treatments. And I sat there and looked at her and just thought, "You, you don't. You only." She looks about twenty six, and I, I just thought, "You don't know anything." And I just smiled sweetly and said, "Okay," and I left because I started to realise it's not worth the argument <laughs> with with any of them. You're wasting your breath. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, you're yeah. right. No, it's very yeah. good. Michaela, it's yeah. been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much for your time. Oh, thank you. Michaela, thank, thank you. you so much. No problem. And that's it. Another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. Don't forget you can subscribe to us on iTunes, which is very important. That'll help us out. Wherever you are in the world, thanks very much for listening. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name's Kate, and I'm your host of the Pop Moms Podcast. I started the Pop Moms Podcast, well, because I wanted to end the stigma against using cannabis, specifically with moms, but also anyone who chooses to consume. 
I strive for a balance of humor and education, along with some pretty rad guests, to help combat social biases that come with consuming cannabis. Kids are hard. Join me for regular podcast episodes packed with parenting hacks, real-life stories, and of course, my favorite cannabis products. The days are long, but the years are short. So roll another J and take a deep breath. Keep blazing and stay amazing.